0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, after suffering horrific trauma himself, Victor Marx takes his mission of helping people with PTSD to some of the world's most dangerous places. But I'll never
1: forget the general over this, this division. He said, you've really shown us. You guys have shown us what Christianity truly is and who Jesus is. Because they would ask us, why, why are you here? You know, mortars dropping on us, heists and shooting. And we say because God loves us and we love y'all. And that's why he's brought us here.
2: Good to have you here. I'm Randy Robinson. Sheila Walsh is with me. Yeah. And you know, Sheila, a lot of times, uh, as spiritual warriors, as it were, we feel like we're sort of fighting behind enemy lines, you know, as we battle the principalities and powers. Well, we've got someone today who literally goes behind enemy lines into areas where I would, I'd be terrified to go.
3: Oh, I think any
2: of us would. Right? Victor Marks is with us. Victor, so good to have you and your dog. Would you welcome Victor Marks to life today? today. Thanks, Scout. Yes. Introduce your your companion
1: here. So Scout is uh, a two-year-old Belgian Malinois, and she was uh, bred and trained specifically for the work she does. uh, First as a service dog for me as a veteran, and... um, other things we do overseas, Mm -hmm. helping reach children who've been affected by ISIS. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about all that, but explain why you would even maybe have a a service dog for PTSD. Um, To get in front of the lines at like Disneyland.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, (laughs) Excellent. I've always wondered about that, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we operate in austere environments when we're reaching children. A lot of our work this past summer, we have a home in Iraq. Uh, was reaching children who had been held captive by ISIS mm. and we were doing work in Mosul. So she has other skill sets uh, that are needed. And mm. right now, uh, as far as we know, she's the only canine that actually came face to face with ISIS fighters. And then within three hours, children were playing with her mm. in our home. So it's mm. it's rare to have you know that combination. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's amazing and she was actually donated to our organization by Baden canine wow. out of Canada. So we're so grateful and uh, we're, we're looking forward actually to get our second one. Wow.
3: Well, oh. You passed over that really quickly, Victor, yeah. that you actually have a home in Iraq. Right. And we've, we've seen the pictures coming out of Iraq and out of Mosul and devastating pictures of just children um, covered in, you know, the devastation, blood. Yep. What is it like to actually be there on the ground?
1: Well, it's heartbreaking. Uh, for sure and I mean our first time in was just about six months after ISIS had invaded in Iraq and uh, we put together a team just, we were going to help girls who had been held captive and um, uh, for trauma relief because I mean the whole area is traumatized and you see the effects of it but my wife actually went on the first mission and I didn't want her to and uh, she was like well I just feel led and I was like oh. And I said, why do you want to go? She said, because when you find the girls, she goes, and I know you will, you can't hug them, but I can. Mm. And she's willing to risk her life just to hug girls. And yeah. wow. I mean, she put it in perspective and it gives you a glimpse into her faith. She says, uh, what's the worst that can happen to us? Death? I said, yeah, yeah death, that's, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. She goes, but then don't we win? And when she said that, I was like, oh my goodness. You're wearing me out, woman. Mm.
3: uh, (laughs) But that's powerful, and she's right. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain.
1: And and it's such a great opportunity, so we started going in and out and out, and we ended up getting a a residence there, and actually, we're immigrants into Iraq. How's that, I tell Mm -hmm. my kids, we've immigrated. Um, But it's it's very, very sad. We use a lot of humor to break up the intensity of it, but um, you know, like I said earlier, it's such an opportunity for God's love to be shown in such darkness. You don't even have to be some super saint. I mean, I'm like just a,
2: a spark, but it's so dark, it gets everybody's attention. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it, it's, it's a Muslim country, obviously. Yep. So what, what are you finding as a Christian coming in to minister in a Muslim country? What's been the reception? Well, you gotta think of the environment, right? It's,
1: it's been totally upside down from war, year after year after year. And to a lot of people's surprise, um, I was able to sit down with the sen- a very senior Islamic leader, not only of Iraq, but in the Middle East. He had 12,000 mosques under him, hmm. and yeah, still does. But he was, he was a spiritual mentor to uh, al-Baghdadi, the leader wow. of ISIS. And that mission was 72 hours in and out of the country because of the threat. But it was through that relationship, him, uh, you know, this, this high-ranking influencer, and then me, a Christian leader in America, uh, that he took me to a mosque and I went doing prayer. And because I did that and risked it for him because they test you out, he ended up bringing me to where a bunch of persecuted Christians were that he said, they, they need help. These are your people. Where are Christians in America? Aren't, y'all need to help your people. So that was the beginning of it. And um, believe it or not, the audience may not believe this, but I mean, the Iraqi government and Muslims, they know that their country's out of balance. So many Christians have been killed. They just found more mass graves outside of Mosul uh, and fled. And they they say this, this land was theirs before ours. And a Christian to Iraq is like the scent of a flower. Uh, So, yeah.
3: It's it's interesting that the very power of love, I imagine that is why they've been arrested by who you and your wife are because you are loving on their broken children.
1: That's exactly it. We had, uh, me and some of our teams and our associate teams, we were embedded with the ninth division. It was an armored division, Iraqi, and also Peshmerga at times, but I mean, we were on really leading clearing villages and, and then FBR with Dave Eubank too, more so. But I'll never forget the general over this, this division, he said, you've really shown us, you guys have shown us what Christianity truly is and who Jesus is.
3: Wow.
1: Because they would ask us, why, why are you here? The, you know, mortar's dropping on us, ice is shooting. And we say, because God loves us and we love you all. And that's why he's brought us here.
2: It's so powerful. That's opened up a lot of doors, I'm guessing. What, what do you see in the future? I mean, is, is this something that you're going to be able to do more of and maybe expand? Well, it's a great question um, right now.
1: There's a great need to have Christians come back into Iraq, but their towns and villages be rebuilt, infrastructure, their homes, and then security be provided. Um, And uh, I've been given the opportunity to, I'm going to meet with the prime minister of Iraq and the head of the parliament uh, to talk to them about the Iraqi government helping Christians out and other minorities in their country. So God's given us really great favor and they've seen what we've done for
2: three years. That's why they trust us. Yeah. And yeah. what can our audience do to support that?
1: Y'all just come on. <laughs>
2: come on now. We'll,
1: I'll give you a tour. No, we, we need prayer. Really, the, the biggest thing of people watching, and it sounds cliche, but we need prayer. Mm. If they go to our social media or website, they can watch videos where they can see we have encounters. I mean, I witnessed to a, a, a captured ISIS commander. Uh, and was able to get into his heart, head, find out why he does everything he does, and and, and I asked him and said, "What would I tell young men, the next wave coming up?" He he said this: "Tell them do not come to the darkness," and that's that's very critical. Wow. At that point, he realized uh, he let me pray for his family, mm. and then I I said, "Do you know what's going to happen when you die?" Because where we were in Mosul with the situation, he didn't have long, and. He said, Inshallah, whatever God's will is. But I shared the gospel with him. Mm. And then he, he actually prayed the sinner's prayer all the way to the end, because uh, his hands were shackled behind him. And uh, we have pictures of this. And right at the end, where he's, you know, and I close in Jesus' name, he stopped. Mm. He wouldn't say it. And this, I mean, this very real darkness came over him. His face contorted, and he broke out of his shackles. It was it was evil, and, mm. and that's when l- that's little when girl, little yeah,
2: yeah, she up keyed
1: like up, and mm. um, wow, and then my security guy jumped up. They got him, bound him again, mm. and uh, you know the last thing I was able to tell him is, when you're going to die, Jesus, you can still call out to him. I thought of the yeah. thief on the cross, yeah. and yeah. he left. But uh, my head of security, who was an Iraqi, he said. Uh, Boss, I, was, I saw him break. I just was going to shoot him in the head. But I wait. You say the nice things first.
3: <laughs> it's always a better order. The nice things then shoot right, the Right. I was yeah. like, uh, thank you. But you have, I mean, it's like when we just watch the news or read the newspaper, it looks like war and this and that. But what you're encountering is true spiritual warfare. Oh, my gosh. Heaven and hell. We call it the manifestation
1: evil. of yeah. evil. It's the yeah. manifestation. And, um, you know, it's one thing when you see it. Um, there was a day where we were out. West of Mosul, getting ready to do a push, and this car comes bumbling down the road. And you know everybody's like, whoa, because there are lots of car bombs, right? And uh, this guy jumps out and we get this room in the middle of nowhere, and he starts saying, Help, please help my wife, psychological problems. I thought, what? I just finished a film on trauma. And I thought, that I thought it was a joke. We went over there, and sure enough, his wife's in the back seat. Her face had been burnt. And he says, please help her. So, coming to find out, she has these reoccurring troubled thoughts to cut herself, to burn herself, or to drink poison and die. And as I talked to her and him, I did an assessment from a trauma standpoint. She definitely was traumatized, but I said, I think this is more than just psychological. I believe there's another realm and this is evil. And I asked him, I said, do y'all believe in demons? And I said, yeah. I said, well, I think this is demonic. Planting thoughts in your mind to try to have you kill yourself. And I said, do you mind if I pray for you? But the only power I have over evil is in Jesus name. Can I pray for you? And you know, she, she said, is Jesus still alive?
3: Oh, wow. I've never heard that in That's my life. Wild.
1: Is Jesus alive? I said, yeah, he, he is. <laughs> and uh, and wow. he's the one that can free you. I started praying. It was the worst prayer you've ever heard, ever, because, you know, I got one eye open. From the, uh, I'm holding a rifle, and I'm going, I, and doubt's still tagging me, you know. I hope there ain't bombs in this trunk. <laughs> Prayed the prayer, and, man, all of a sudden, she starts yelling, my mind, my mind is free. Mm. My wow. mind is free. And she was. That's and, like the
3: demoniac of wow. the shores yes, of Galilee. Right? <laughs> Go, well,
1: go can you imagine her going back to her village Yeah. telling people, first of all, I'm not crazy anymore. Second, mm-hmm. Jesus is alive, and he healed me. It's like straight wow. out of the New
2: Testament,
3: right? And then, well, that, yeah.
1: That kind of that kind of. Is it your
3: testimony. own experience with post-traumatic stress disorder that has given you this huge avenue into the lives of other people?
1: I think so. You know, I mean, as a kid, my f- father, he didn't claim me. So I experience, you know, rejection a young. Know, my mother would end up marrying six times. I went to 14 schools, 17 houses, and my, my dad went through this dark, dark phase of being a drug dealer and a pimp and, and a practicing warlock. So with that background, because of the, the insecurity I went through, it, bad things happened. Mm-hmm. And I was physically and sexually abused and emotionally um, for several years and um, was tortured. That's what the professionals called it when, when a kid is electrocuted or dunked in a tub. and these are things I really didn't want to ever have to remember or talk about, and I never did. I never started telling people about my story till I was almost 40, because uh, one, I thought everybody has problems, you know. And then the Lord, He showed me, I've redeemed you, and He did, and which is the miracle, because I mean, I was left for dead in a cooler, uh, and God, you know, he, he sustained me and redeemed me, and and people say, well, what about your grandparents. If your parents were messed up, one of my grandfathers died in a mental hospital. Mm. It's the same one my grandfather was in. Mm. Wow. Uh, I mean, my dad, and then my other grandfather killed himself before, he, right after he shot his wife. So w- with all that, I joined the Marine Corps, and um, I came to fade through my biological dad coming back into my life.
2: Wow. <laughs> so you've got. A, a, not, it's not just something in, in theory that you're dealing with people with PTSD. This is. You've had to deal with this in your own life. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 123
1: visits to a trauma specialist in nine months. I've been on Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium to have a psychiatrist look at you and say, you'll never fully function because of the acute levels of inner trauma. And I went, well, I never function anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> is but so isn't weird. that just the gospel? Yeah. The, the Lord loves to take the least likely, yeah. the ones that have would right off and say, this is the one. I mean, yeah. to me, you're like a modern day Paul, yeah. the apostle. You know, you're just going where you know your life's in danger, but your whole thing is, you know, if I die, I'm with Jesus. If I live, I'll continue to spread the gospel. Thank you,
1: Sheila. I, I think I pray for more like Peter. Weaving a blade around and chopping hairs off. And
3: That's said, good too, we <laughs> need that too.
1: It's the last miracle Jesus did, yeah. taking care of one of his disciples. Yeah. But yeah. God's been very good and he's able to do that in anybody's life. Tell us a little bit about this new movie, this new. We have a new film out, um, it's called Triggered Two. We have a Triggered One for military. And Triggered Two is really, it's a look at what trauma does to the brain, mm-hmm. the psyche of a human from children to adults. And we've got some unbelievable first time people ever shared their heart. Yeah. yeah. Those, those some pretty amazing stories. It's Powerful. It's, we, and we wanted something. We had prayed. And it was a long project. But this is something that if people watch, uh, it can definitely save lives, save marriages, and, and give context. I mean, I, I tell people, crazy thoughts don't make you crazy. You know, and just a little truth like that when someone's really struggling, yeah. And then you know, we bring in the spiritual aspect as well. But it's a it's a powerful film that people can actually watch
2: online or go to our website. Yeah, and I find that amazing because you know you're not trying to you know make a movie to get rich or anything like that. You you made something to genuinely help people and you put it out there where they can see it right now if they'll just go to you know victorymark or trigger Victor the
1: movie.com yeah. and we we looked at it and we say, we're either going to be in it for the money or the message we can't really do both <laughs> and because we're poor we enjoy it We don't know what we'd do if we had a lot of money.
3: (laughs) It's hard to go shopping in Iraq, really, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's, I mean, I watched just, you know, I watched the movie and just, you know, from my own experience of my father committing suicide when I was five and my own experience with depression and being in a mental hospital, I found it tremendously helpful. Wonderful. Really so helpful.
1: There's so many of us in the body of Christ that truly have struggled or still struggle, and we want people to know. You're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. A lot of times the church it doesn't want people to look at this, or they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Hey, it, it is. It
2: is part of us. Absolutely. You. You. I don't have much time, but I, I, I want to hit this from real quickly because not only are you helping people overseas, but with this the whole trauma thing, you you've been helping people here in the states. Oh yeah. And in particular, one group of people that. the church does not know how to reach really and and not everybody should do it you have to be called oh gosh yeah
1: especially the men quickly tell us a little bit about how that we've been praying and we actually found the adult entertainment it's a porn convention it's the largest gathering of professionals in the porn industry was in vegas and we were we went to it we rented a booth (laughs) we, we and we handed out over a thousand resources from my testimony mm-hmm. film to the movie Triggered and you know what none of them rejected us mm-hmm. they were actually shocked that we would come and enter their world and care about them mm-hmm. we got to pray for people and uh, uh, I mean it is pretty staggering mm-hmm. and they're still getting fruit reports from it to this day mm-hmm. so yeah you know Jesus was a friend of sinners
3: absolutely and so we
1: we just went and made a bunch of friends <laughs> no, no the only ones we got a little negative feedback from our believers. Sure.
3: Oh, sure. isn't that yeah. just typical?
1: I, I got interviewed one guy who goes, now as a Christian man, how can you be here with all of this? I said, because my wife's three feet behind me and she's a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> she will knock me out if I look too long.
3: Uh, no. well, I really encourage you to go to Victor's website. Um, see that watch this It's phenomenal but not just that I'm asking our partners to build a garrison of prayer oh, around you. these people because they are on the front thank lines you. serving Jesus so the least we can do is get on our knees on their behalf okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. there's
2: also something that, that we are doing to reach behind enemy lines our enemy in this case is hunger yeah. and it takes children just as viciously as, as Isis Sheila Tell us about what we're about to see.
3: Yeah, I was in Angola, and I've never experienced anything like it. When you walk into a clinic and you see a tiny baby that you think is maybe just a a couple of weeks old, and you learn that they're a year and a half, um, it's hard to put into words, so maybe you would watch this with me. So I woke up this morning um, in this village. It's our final day here um, in Angola. And I honestly don't know what I, expected, but I didn't expect what I experienced. I didn't expect to see a child who is a year and five months old and weighs six pounds. I mean, how does a child like that even survive? I think one of the things that maybe surprised me most was the profound affinity I felt with the moms. If you're a mom, all you want is for your child to be healthy. You want to be able to put a meal on the table at night and know that your children go to bed with a full tummy. But here I've seen what the ravages of malnutrition do because in many places where we've been, the crops have been destroyed this year and that's what they depend on. So, so many of the moms have to go out and and work for two days to get one small meal for their children at night. And the meal that they provide has no protein, so when they get sick, they go down so quickly. But the other thing, and this is the thing that blew me away, was I saw the difference that Mission Feeding makes. I mean, to be able to be in a village and to see this long snake line of little kids who are behaving like little kids shoot, they're laughing, they're excited, they're happy, and that's why I know there's hope. Mission Feeding is not some great idea we came up with. It's simply living out the gospel of Christ. And we put one simple bowl of food into the hands of these children in Africa. It changes their lives forever. Thousands and thousands and thousands of lives, one life at a time. You know, once you've been on a trip like that, you can't unsee. What you've seen and you can't you can't walk away because i mean i sat in the dirt with some of these moms and a lot of these moms love jesus and their only prayer every night is lord don't spare my life but spare the life of my child to watch your child try to go to sleep at night with, with an empty belly because they're so hungry and i went with one of the moms one day and we're literally digging through dry ground to try and find any kind of nuts or seeds But as you saw in that piece, there's no protein there. I made the uninformed comment to a mom about the colour of her child's hair because it was kind of a bronzy colour. But that's because there's no protein in their diet. And so these children are literally starving to death. And I have to tell you, something rose up in me. Because if you think of how we live, you and I are always trying to lose weight because we're eating too much. And over there, all they want is to be able to give one bowl of food to their children. And so one day, I'm in the malnutrition clinic and I'm holding a mom who's holding her baby who had 10 minutes left to live. And the next day, I'm in the next village where we've already set up the feeding program. From the first bowl of food, they turn from death to life. I tried it, it looks like oatmeal. It's not, it's full of all the protein and the vitamins and minerals those children in that part of the world need. And it's like like a miracle. So as long as we can do something, we need to do something. It's not an accident that you and I are on this planet at this moment. We have not the obligation, the ridiculously outrageous privilege of feeding these children. You can't tell them Jesus loves them when they're hungry. But when you put a meal in their stomach and then the moms want to know, why did you come here? Then we can tell them we came here because there's a God who saw you. There's a God who heard every prayer that you've ever prayed, who caught every tear you've ever cried. So will you help us? We want to feed 400,000 children this year. And I'm asking you to do it with us. Randy, would you tell them what the numbers are and how much of a difference that'll make? Oh, my
2: goodness. You know, there's, there's life in every bowl. Every bowl. Brings hope to every life. You can give a bowl to 10 children for three months for $100. You can give a bowl to five children for three months for $50. Everyone can do something. Three months, Sheila, as you saw, you go from one village that needs the feeding outreach to another one that has had it for three months. Complete different scenario. It's tough to watch, and I appreciate you watching the the tough footage of, of what we've brought back. But the good news is we can actually change lives. Will you join us today? Will you go to the phones, make the best gift you can, go online, give out of joy, joy that we are going in the name of Jesus to save lives and to bring Hope, that's what you can do, and you can do it right now. So, so please do that. When you do, we do have some things that we'd like to give back to you, which will bless you. I mean, this is about your spiritual growth because we want to bless you as you're blessing others. But whatever you do, really just take a moment and pray and say, Lord, what would you have me do? Give us a call. Go online. We can share life and share hope when you join us today.
0: In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. With your support, Life's Mission Feeding Outreach can save lives by feeding and caring for children in the hardest hit areas of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for 3, 5, or 10 children for 3 full months. And with your gift of any amount, we'll send you Proverbs Power Successful Communication This powerful CD series, along with study guide featuring Stephen K. Scott, unveils the secrets to incredible wisdom found only in the book of Proverbs. This series will give you the tools to transform your relationships in life. With your gift of $100 or more, request the complete Proverbs Power Library, featuring five power-packed sessions that include the power of vision, breaking through mediocrity, and much more. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith Framed Canvas Print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. I do hope you're
2: going to the phone or going online right now and doing the best that you absolutely can. We are privileged to have you as a partner sharing God's love and life around the world and we're privileged to all be a part of the ministry of this man, Victor Marks, Amazing. and all that you are doing. Would you give Victor a warm thank you? Thank you for sharing with us, and we're gonna pray for you, man. Yes. We're gonna pray for you as you go in behind enemy lines yes, we are. and storm the gates of hell. Thanks for watching. Join us again every day on Life Today.
3: See you next time.
0: Two greatest influences other than
3: the Lord Jesus Christ in my life, a third-grade dropout daddy and a dying wife.
0: Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.